Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say, we like to get started. I talk to you and you talk to me. Who are you talking to at this hour? Mr. Hadley, you better start talking. Let's start the talking. I could talk all night. My mind is Jay talking. Midnight, conversing until the night. All we need is information. Now we got ourselves communication. Good Jay talking. We're live midnight two five with Dean Coyne, Dean uh, Michael Coyne at the Massachusetts School of Law. So we're going to get to Jesse Smollett and the college admissions scandal and the Mueller report breakdown. But there's probably something here that's worth mentioning, and that's a, a White House staff member has told the White House investigators that um, senior officials have overruled concerns raised about 25 individuals, 25 people, whose security clearances were initially denied. And the now House Oversight Chairman Elijah Cummings plans to issue a subpoena this week, which, of course, is where you come in, subpoenas and things <laughs> like that. Right. Uh, well, I think with Miss Newbold coming forward as a whistleblower with respect to these very serious national security clearances issued over their objections, what you are going to see is that the House Oversight Committee will issue subpoenas and take testimony with respect to the at least four or five of these people who have very serious background flaws that uh, Ms. Newbold argues never should have received clearances, uh, especially in view of the way this uh, administration has played fast and loose with a number of different national security issues. What might the consequences be and who might they affect? Well, the, 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 what they're likely to affect at least is some members of the senior staff at the White House. Uh, it, it is alleged by Ms. Newcomb that some of those senior staff never should have received security clearances in the first place because they are susceptible to foreign influence, whether it's their prior business dealings or whatever. Uh, the fact is, is that they pose a security risk in the eyes of the professionals who have run these uh, agencies for a number of years. What we need to do, what the she argues the government should have been doing and the people in the White House should have been doing is listening to the professionals who are experienced with this and not overruling their decisions with respect to national uh, security issues. I think the House Oversight Committee will take testimony on it and likely find that there have been flaws in the process with respect to this, and there may be further action taken as a result of that. Does any of this potentially rise to the level of a crime? 
Uh, it can. It depends on under what circumstances the clearances were given and why, and to the extent that they may have violated the established procedures or established laws with respect to that the influence peddling or the influence issue that may well result in criminal activity as well. But the House Oversight Committee will be the first uh, entity to actually examine this probably pretty thoroughly and uh, to take testimony on the issue as a result of the subpoenas that will be issued. Very good, sir. Thank you. Since we've gone down this road, probably a good time to talk to D-Spin. Unspin? Uh, unpack the Mueller report. Can you uh, tell me what it says and what it doesn't say? And actually, maybe maybe it's best to start out with what the spin was and w- what parts of the spin are false. Well, here's the problem. When you say, tell us what it says and what it doesn't say. We don't know. No one knows. Okay. No one knows at this point. What we know is... Uh, the way the process works is that uh, Miller has submitted his report to the attorney general as is appropriate. The attorney general has now issued a four-page uh, review of that decision, explaining to us that uh, the Mueller report says that there was uh, not evidence of collusion with Russia and that uh, the uh, Mueller's office said that they would not rule on the obstruction issue and left that to the Attorney General. The Attorney General has decided in reviewing that information contained in the Mueller report that there is not uh, a case for obstruction of justice, uh, and then said at this point now that he will issue portions of the report uh, by the middle of April. The uh, Again, the House would like it by, uh, I think it was April 2nd, which would be tomorrow, right? Um, but I don't think that they're likely to see it tomorrow. I think you will see portions of the report um, sometime between now and the 15th of April. And and the reason we're talking still portions, because everyone would like to see it, I think, in its entirety, is that there can be national security issues that would be contained within that. There may be certain privilege issues contained within that that would need to be redacted. And if it makes reference to any grand jury testimony, there are laws that prevent grand jury testimony from being released in any fashion without court approval. So that would also have to be excised from the report as well. So there are some legitimate privacy, constitutionality, and privilege issues that have to be addressed by the attorney general and his staff. Um, but obviously, the the more that is redacted and excised from the report, uh, the more the questions that will remain on it. So I, I hope, and I think most people hope, that it's in everyone's best interest that the bulk of the report be released sooner rather than later so that we can actually see what it says in full because there is a question about how, how extensive the spin already is on it because the president has said that it has exonerated him. Okay. And we already know Attorney General Barr has said that that is not what it says. Okay, let's talk about the word exoneration in relation to both the collusion and the obstruction. Sure. Exoneration means we can't, we don't have enough evidence to prosecute. doesn't mean there was not enough evidence. There was no evidence at all, correct? Uh, I'm going to change that a little. The fact that they don't bring uh, obstruction or uh, conspiracy charges with respect to their their involvement with Russia doesn't mean you're exonerated at all. What it means is that there isn't enough evidence to move forward and likely to obtain a conviction. Right. Exoneration, to me, in essence, means that someone has looked at it thoroughly 
and found that you were completely innocent. And that's not what the report is likely to say, and it's not the way, frankly, lawyers oftentimes work, because exoneration almost indicates that you were wrongfully charged and that we're sorry for even having involved you in this because you are innocent. So that's complete fake spin from the White House. I, I, I believe it is, and I believe if you just think about the language itself as to what that likely means, it's just not the way lawyers work. It's not the way investigators work. Um, the fact is, is what we look for is to, to what evidence supports a criminal charge. And the fact that the evidence, and in this case, and, and I don't think anyone um, would suggest that uh, Mueller isn't uh, an impeccably honest person or forthright. He has said that the evidence doesn't support, at least this is what Attorney General Barr has said the report says, and I think we can take that at, it, at its at its. Uh, face value is that there isn't evidence to support uh, the Trump campaign collusion with Russia. Um, but And so the fact is, is that, there, that, that we have to, and I think we should, acknowledge that that's likely the case. He doesn't have enough evidence to bring criminal charges. It doesn't mean there's no evidence. It means it would be unlikely to win in court. Right. And, and again, you in part have to remember the burden of proof in a criminal case is beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. If if you're going to strike the king, you need to kill the king. The evidence should be overwhelming right. if you're going to charge the president of the United States right, right, right. with such a crime. And the president has access to all kinds of legal staff, and it would all he's saying it was would be difficult to win this, so we're not going to bring it. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not sure he's saying that. I'm saying I'm saying he doesn't. He's saying there isn't sufficient evidence okay. to charge, and the likelihood is. You would not, you should not, I believe, you should not be charging, not just if there's sufficient evidence for, in essence, probable cause or to believe that a crime may have been committed, but if you're going to bring such a serious charge against the President of the United States, you have to look uh, long and hard at what evidence you do have to see if it even comes close to proving beyond a reasonable doubt okay. that the President did what you allege, what, what it was alleged he did. So there was the collusion and obstruction. In the case where Robert Mueller thought it likely that there were not an, not enough that there was not enough evidence to bring charges. He said that right. in the obstruction, he did not say that. No, and so that's and if he really thought there was not enough evidence, he would have said it as he did under collusion. Right. Instead, he, so he punts. Why did he punt? Well, I think we need to see the report as to why why he punted. I mean, we we could speculate, um, but. But there, I mean, one of which is that he still thinks it's a close call, but it's not as close. A, it's not as easy a call as the uh, conspiracy case, um, and so there, there may well be evidence to support that. What you have to remember a little bit about the obstruction charges and how that's now been resolved is before Barr ever was appointed the attorney general, he had already opined that, in his legal opinion, the president isn't capable of being charged with obstruction of justice in, in, for such a case because he believes, as the president of the United States, the president has the power to instruct people within his administration how to act and what to do. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so, in essence, firing Comey was just another part of his regular duties, and you can't see that as possibly being obstruction because, as in essence, the chief executive officer of the United, officer of the United States, he can do whatever he chooses to do. So that's, that's his philosophical opinion on the law. It's not surprising then, regardless of what may be in the report with respect to obstruction, that he would, consistent with that belief, find that there isn't sufficient evidence to charge with obstruction. But, but until we actually see the report, if it reports uh, 400 pages um, and actually examine it, I think what we're likely to find is there is some evidence right. of, of activity within that that at the minimum would be suspicious about obstruction and may well even bring us further down the line. But, but to me, I have a, a bigger question on that is do, do, do you want to see that? Is that a good thing? Because in part, in part, I believe, and I know some are disappointed by this report, uh, but isn't this a good thing at yes, the end of the day? I agree. It's great that the president isn't a Russian agent. Is is less of a Russian agent than many suspect. Well, it's great for at all least. of us. Well, but see, I that's think damned I, with I, faint praise, right I, there. Huh? I don't think that's I don't think that's fair, though, right? I mean, because uh, it's so, let me rephrase. <laughs> it's great. There's not all kinds of evidence showing the president to be a colluder or an obstructor. That's good. I'm glad right. my my. Uh, president is likely not a colluder and probably not an obstructor. Right. I'm happy about that. Right. We're, it's a be, it's good love for the him country. or hate him, this is a good result for, for the, the country. country. Okay. And let's hope we can move forward from here. Right. We're talking about the findings of the Mueller report and the interpretation by the Attorney General. And uh, now we're focusing on the term obstruction of justice. And there are some that say, hey, if the investigation that is alleged to have been obstructed turns out to yield nothing. You can't have obstruction. Obstruction of justice is a maybe not the correct term. Maybe the the better language is impeding an investigation. I, I know that uh, Attorney General Barr kind of believes what, the former, but that may not be the way it really is, Dean Coyne. Yeah, I think when we think about obstruction of justice, that's sort of this vague and, and perhaps a a term that we think, well, if there isn't an underlying crime, you're not truly obstructing justice. You may be doing other things, but justice says if there's no crime, then there should be no penalty. But uh, but I think the language actually um, is broader than than just that language, because what it really talks about is impeding a federal investigation. Um, one of the statutes I just grabbed quickly, it talks about obstruction of proceedings before departments, agencies, and committees. Um, and it's, and what you, if you think about it, is if we've got a, an investigator who is appointed by the attorney general to pursue uh, an investigation with respect to potential criminal activity, and you then take steps by telling witnesses, do not talk to, to the investigator or lie to the investigator, destroy documents, then you are, in fact, impeding that investigation and whether there's an underlying crime ultimately charged or not i believe you can be found guilty and should be found guilty of impeding that federal investigation which oftentimes could be more commonly called obstruction of justice so i think you you have to take it out of sort of the abstract obstruction of justice as to what we might think justice means and actually look at the statute 
And the statutes involved actually talk about taking, you know, impeding a federal investigation or the work of, uh, of federal officers. And that may well be um, without a crime, you're still capable of ta- taking steps to impede a fe- uh, an investigation. And I think individuals oftentimes uh, do that type of thing. If you're faced with a potential criminal charges, that there will be people, guilty or not, who will t- ask people to um, not be fully forthcoming or to ask them to not give up their cell phone or certain information that they might have uh, in the hopes of avoiding further trouble down the road. And I think in the modern world, those types of activities could be seen as impeding the uh, investigation and ultimately then be charged and convicted of uh, obstruction of, of justice. So regardless of the outcome of the investigation, if you impede it, that's a crime. Uh, yes. Yes. And, but that's not the way the attorney general sees it. No, he see, he sees he believes you need to have the uh, charge with respect to the uh, underlying crime, and only then can you obstruct justice. Okay. But but is see, he the final arbiter the, on that? I mean, could somebody challenge that? Well, he but he is the chief law enforcement yeah. officer in the United States. Is the problem? But he's a cop. He's not the court. He's the but but the cop is the one that has to ask the court to bring the charges. Yeah. And that's that's the problem. But again, he's not the only federal law enforcement officer. We know we have uh, cases in the Southern District of New York. There may be other regions that are also working on it. There may be state- On this by, or other things? On, on many other things, but it could be some of this. And that's the other thing about seeing the report. We don't know what specifically the report might okay. mention about referring charges to some of these other- um, local authorities. So this, some of the same acts that were perceived to not be obstruction by the attorney general might be perceived by some in the Southern District, and they might ask the courts for a ruling. Yes, then you— And what, what happens, what has to happen for that that to happen? Like, what, what has to happen to make that jurisdiction— <laughs> Well, the, the, click for this, these offenses. You'd have to argue that some of the acts took place there to bring them within the okay. jurisdiction of that court. All right. So say, just say, and I'm not saying it happened, but Michael Cohen, uh, there was some sort of interaction that could perceived, be perceived as impeding an investigation. Attorney General might not see it that way, but if it takes place in New York, the locals might see it that way. Yes, and and I think that there's a possibility of the situation you just described. If you remember the search at Michael Cohen's office, and the president was quite um, uh, excited with respect to it, uh, it happened at a dawn raid with a, a huge show of force, I think in part because they were concerned about the destruction of evidence uh, had they given any form of notice. Yeah. And and so there may be information there that that was not Michael Cohen working on his own to uh, potentially conceal or destroy evidence that may have been at the suggestion of others, and that could clearly be seen as obstruction of justice if that took place in New York, for instance. And at the congressional hearings, he refused to answer a, couple, a few things on the basis that it was an ongoing investigation. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, this is part of the reason we need to see the entirety of the report and this is very problematic because what's happened now is we've had a couple weeks of spin. We're going to have a couple more weeks of spin. So people are going to believe the spin as opposed to what the contents actually may say. And the, 
but if we believe the actual reports, the president hasn't even seen the full report yet. The only person who's seen the report is the attorney general and his staff. And so how he can be saying it says something that well, that it's, it does. it's just straight up spin, and it's very effective because a third of the nation absolutely believes it. So it's very effective. Well, people listen to the early message. They don't necessarily hear the, the, the end of the story. You know, it's the same type of thing with the slanderous comments and the like. They hear the slur. They don't see the correction that's filed two months later when the story dies down. And what's happening here is that we're hearing that it, he was exonerated, that there is no evidence of obstruction even. That's not really—we don't know that. Yeah. Even the attorney general hasn't said that. What he said is that there's no, um, there will be no conspiracy charge with respect to colluding uh, by the Trump campaign with Russia. What we need to do is see the rest of the report, and some would argue the evidence that would support the findings in the report as well. But I think you're going to find a lot of that information may be privileged and still protected because um, there's grand jury proceedings that took place and the like. Well, I have to say that I hope... At the end of the day, uh, we all find that the president is innocent because it'd be a lot better for the country if he were. Okay, but we don't we don't we don't find people innocent. I'm sorry, right? Not, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean legally. I hope we all, as a group, find him to be innocent find. of those horrific things that is that some say he has done. That's right. But, uh, it'd be better for the country so we can move on. Uh, agreed, and I do think it it, it is. Uh, hopefully time that we will be able to move on from this because i think i have believed for a while like speaker pelosi like uh jim comey i think this has to be settled at the ballot box not in court right okay are we done with this Whatever we have a minute like. to go before whatever you like break. we got we got tons and of topics is there anything okay i'll just tell uh, talk about a little a little about what we have coming up coming up one might wonder why uh, Jesse Smollett, the person who alleged he was beaten up in a hate crime, why he was charged with 16 counts over this one event. And also one might wonder why all of a sudden it was dropped. We'll get some insight on that. And we have some court appearances by folks involved in the uh, Aunt Becky, college admission. Becky, Laurie Laughlin, and um, Felicity Huffman are here on Wednesday in Boston Federal Court. Well, that's a celebrity celebrity court day that day. Uh, oh yeah, it's a big. This is a big uh, month actually uh, for um, celebrities and courts and their trouble that they get into. Dean Coyne, that's the voice. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dean Michael Coyne of the Masters at School of Law. And Dean Coyne says that... Uh, People will call the school to find out if he's going to be on the show tonight. And if you're one of those persons, call and give us a shout because the, the dean wa the dean wants to say hi. No, I think it's awfully nice that people call to make sure what what night it is that you and I will be together. I like that. All right, now college admissions scandal, and we've used up so much time. We have to cover a couple things in shorter order. College admissions scandal. There are some things going on this week. Right. Uh, Laurie Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, the two big stars, are here this Wednesday 
uh, for their arraignments in federal court on the uh, bank and wire fraud, uh, the wire fraud and uh, mail fraud charges that they are uh, involved with with respect to the admission scandal, getting their children into uh, these prestigious schools. Uh, Fifty people were arraigned last week, uh, last Friday, in federal court here in Boston for similar charges. So it's a scandal that affects the entire nation and a number of schools, and it's uh, you know kind of uh, eye-opening as to how extensive some of this fraud was. Public opinion is pretty much unanimously damning these suspects, if you will. They don't favor the, these rich people who are cheating to get their children <laughs> no. into the best schools possible and no. paying uh, ungodly amounts of money that most of us uh, can't imagine even having, much less spending on right. such, uh, such it, an endeavor. It, it makes us realize that the system is rigged in, rigged in ways we don't even know. There's layers and layers of stacked against us of, of, of systems in place that rigs it in favor of the rich. Yeah, it is It is uh, very, very troubling and uh, discouraging to think that they're cheating people out of uh, their rightful place at these institutions because um, these institutions matter. They're great schools, and uh, they, ha- they have great reputations for being able to develop great minds, and it's unfortunate that people would cheat in the way they have in order to obtain admission to them and uh i mean it's uh, it's quite extensive it okay is. so you followed this and you i'm going to ask you some questions things i don't really okay. get number okay. one we hear well look some of the kids didn't know and as i understand it tell me, explain let me know if i'm wrong yeah some of the kids got in say on a rowing scholarship or a type of sports scholarship they had to know they got in on the sports scholarship, and they also had to know that they're not doing that sport. Right. Like Larry if you Loffin. get on in a rowing, just say a rowing scholarship, and you're not rowing, how do you not know that? And no, you why knew. Why are we letting this kid slide? Well, not only did they know it, they posed for pitches making believe that Laurie Laughlin's daughters were uh, posing so for why pitches. why are they off the hook? What should happen? They, well, they oh, may not should, be off the hook. Well, should the poor kids lose their education or whatever? Yes. Yeah, and they may not be. They're not facing criminal charges, but that doesn't mean that there won't be repercussions for it, both at the school and in their... Why wouldn't they face criminal charges? They're part of this... Uh... Fraud. Well, you could argue, you could argue they're part of the that some of the charges are what we call honest services fraud that they engaged in it as well, or a conspiracy that they participated in that conspiracy to deprive someone of honest services. Um, they could they could have done that, but the the government obviously felt that the evidence wasn't if they sufficient. They posed for fake sporting photos, then they knowingly were involved in fraud. Is it because they're young or can something? You agree? Why are we letting these- no, no, but can, can can you say that that's enough in and of itself to prove beyond a reasonable doubt? Pretty much. Uh, here I am. Okay, I don't, here we go. I, okay. I don't know. I think young you're going to need more. Young lady, you are going to school on a rowing scholarship, but you don't row. And you're going to have fake photos to try to convince people that you're a rower to get your fake rowing scholarship. Why is that? Why is Where's the doubt? Well, and it's not just crew. It's tennis, and you never played a tennis no <laughs> game doubt. in your life. Absolutely no doubt. And every one of you, look, mathematically, there can't be any doubt. Well, and it, it's worse. Some of them had people take their SATs for them. I think Felicity, Felicity Huffman's 
actually had someone take the SATs to improve the, the well, to, to pose as the child and to improve his scores. Others, they had the test doctored. So, yes, yeah, some of these folks had to know. Others are alleged that the, the children really knew nothing about the alteration of scores and the like, and they didn't pose for pictures. But with respect to your argument that some of the, the, the children should face criminal charges, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not going to disagree with I think you on I it. I could, if, as long as you help me out, so <laughs> I know. you know, I said the right things in court, like, Good morning, Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. If you walk me through the basics, I could, with charts, have a big cardboard <laughs> chart. Student, like, there's a fraud. The fraud is this. The student knew about being involved in the fraud because they did this. There's no, there's zero doubt. I, I'm not sure you could say zero doubt. I think. At what I, where's the doubt come in? Um, in that student, let's. I wrote the rowing, the made-up rowing student that we're talking well, about. Well, I don't know mom's paying a half a million dollars. I don't know that aspect of it. Um, I know that she asked me to pose for a picture with uh, my crew and make them believe I was rowing. Um, I don't know to I what know extent that influenced the decision-makers. I know a rowing scholarship, and I don't row. I know— Well, it's not a rowing scholarship. You're admitted as— A sports scholarship. I don't do that sport. I know it's a fraud. You're you're admitted to a spot reserved for the crew people, and you don't crew. Correct. Uh, and I hear you. I don't know whether that's going to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you engage in a conspiracy to deprive someone of honest services. That's all. When we talk about the level of proof needed in a criminal case, it's high. And, you know, the the fact is, is that the folks that are charged, the parents who were, who were by all uh, accounts, the, the movers and shakers here, they are facing jail time. And I think some of them will likely yeah. actually be incarcerated for their actions. I hate to be uh, vengeful, actions. but I am. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, listen, you know, it, it carries with it um, a range of up to five years in prison plus a $250,000 fine. They could be looking at anywhere from thirty month, around 30 months in prison um, these actresses for their um, involvement in these crimes. Pretty, pretty hard to find mitigating circumstances to reduce this sentence. Really, you, uh, well, we were poor. No, you're actually rich. Well, you, you look at level of culpability. You look at if they take responsibility for level, their crimes. Massive level. <laughs> if they take responsibility <laughs> for their crimes. The I'm tainting the jury yeah. right now. But you also look at that these are likely, this is a first-time offense, they they want to convince the court that this is an aberration of their their, their it's usual. It's not who I am. Behavior. That's right. That's you, I, I reject it. By the way, you are what you do, but you don't sentence a person for uh, as a result of their uh, snapshot of the very worst moment of their life. You sentence them for that, but you sentence them in consideration of their entire okay. life's work. And and so really, yeah, you should. Don't you think other good deeds yes. can come back and mitigate your sentence? Sure, if you, if you, yes, and I think it should. Okay. Because if you, well, let me ask in reverse. But this if is you, about if, the crime. If over your life you. you have done a number of bad things, including been convicted of numerous things, then shouldn't you be cut less of a break yes. when it comes time to sentence? So if over your life you have done only good things and you have one moment, one few seconds of absolutely horrible behavior, Shouldn't we view your life in its entirety when we think about what the appropriate this sentence is interesting. would be? I, it's so nuanced that I hope I'm able to convey it. 
I would say yes to uh, reducing sentence for lack of bad things, but not reducing sentence for a presence of good things. Because some people, rich people, have more wherewithal to do good things than poor people. Uh, agreed. Agreed. But I think I, I agree with that in the abstract. But I think a lot of poor people do an awful lot of good things. You okay. know, they work with their communities. They work with their church groups. They work with uh, their uh, their community as best they can to try and do good. You don't need money necessarily. And frankly, just simply throwing a million dollars or whatever you have at a various organizations doesn't it means you're charitable. It doesn't necessarily mean you're okay. a good person. Fair enough, Dean. <laughs> Next, what about the the husband or the spouse? Uh, it, when you're married, with these people married, if you're married, yep. unless you make special arrangements, your money's kind of co-mingled, yep. and aren't you kind of on the hook for the activities of... You are. Laurie the, Laughlin and her husband will both be uh, arraigned here in Boston on Wednesday. What's interesting is Felice, Felicity Huffman and her husband... Well, his uh, he is not being charged. Yeah, why? Um, I assume that some uh, sort of firewall. Well, that he Mr. Had Macy, right? That that, that William, separate finances. Maybe? William Macy probably has not uh, done anything, or he will likely would have been charged as well, or has not. They don't have sufficient evidence, and it's kind of odd because if you, you know the character he plays on Shameless, you would expect that Frank uh, would be more involved in yeah. this type of activity, but but he is not being charged. Could you really sit there in front of him in a, in a courtroom and say, oh, no, I had no idea what my wife was doing. I, I didn't know about this. Isn't silence, is knowingly silent in this, make you a, a conspirator? No, I don't think so, and I'm not so sure that that notion is, is really true, any longer. I think with two professionals, they have their own money, they have their own minds, and they do some of their, many of their own things. I'm not sure if you were doing this on behalf of your child that your spouse would necessarily agree. So it may be something you would have kept to yourself. My goodness. No, don't I you feel think? like there'd be emails back and forth that were well, inc it, incriminating. I think if there were, Since I think you'd have not. a different result. Yeah. Um, and I think he would have been charged. I think the likelihood is that there can't be much evidence against him or we would have seen him charged as well. And I, I don't necessarily agree that the spouses likely told each other everything about this. It's a pretty shameful thing to take take part in, especially with respect to Huffman. They actually had someone, it's alleged, take the SAT on be, for, her for the child, which... The, to me, that I mean, that brings cheating to another level. It's yeah, one yeah. thing to say, "Here's a half a million dollars. Please figure out a way to get my daughter into to USC." It's another thing to to ask someone to cheat on the test, to take advantage, and then to use those falsified scores to say this is her true work. Disabled people are upset because disabled people are allowed certain um, accommodations. Accommodations. Yep. And these accommodations were taken advantage of. I I understand by some of this. These they should they should be upset, and it's not uncommon yeah. that people will people who have the resources will use um, the psychologists and others to support an argument that they should get testing accommodations, which for a lot of these tests would mean additional time. And since the tests are time sensitive, and uh, it it will make a difference if they they receive those accommodations. 
and even the testing process itself to be able to say that you've got a learning disability, those tests are oftentimes fairly expensive and not covered by insurance. So the wealthy have a real advantage with respect to working the system in that regard. And what it means is that people with legitimate uh, learning disabilities, then their claims will be a little more suspect in the future. Right. And I believe they're absolutely right. going to make them harder to get those accommodations. That's right. And some, it harder. And some of the professional agencies already make it difficult. You talk about your med boards, your law boards, and things like that. Um, they already have a, a process in place where that, that it is cumbersome for applicants to be able to go through to be able to get those accommodations because it does change it does change the the testing structure for those folks. All right, uh, Smollett, weird situation. He said he was attacked in a hate crime, and then that started to unravel for him, and. Uh, he was charged with 16 counts, which seems excessive, excessive, and then it all went away. Right. My two my two main questions are, A, why 16 counts? Wasn't that overcharging? And two, really, why did it go away? And what are the, the last, what's the residue, the legal residue? Does he have a record or not? Yeah, it's a, it's a mess, actually. And the reason there were 16 charges is that there were 16 different lies he told and the like. Uh, and so instead of charging him once for uh, whatever charge they chose to bring, they chose to bring 16 separate felony charges. So which, 16 counts of perjury? Yeah. Well, not perjury, lying to the police. Lying but to the a, police. It's equivalent. It's a, so it, 16 lies? 16 different, yes. 16 Including different, things like that were unrelated? That they were white people and that he was the victim of a homophobic attack. A lot of what he said uh, the law enforcement believed wasn't true, and so they presented it to a grand jury, and the grand jury came back with 16 felony counts, wow. and I, which I believe is uh, grossly overcharged. Now, the government oftentimes will overcharge and then plea matters down and the like, but but this is really overkill. This is uh, felony charges right. if you especially. Were to say, I went to the store to get sneakers and a Coke, and you didn't go to the store— and therefore, you didn't get sneakers and a coke. Is that three lies? Well, that's the way. That's the way it's they kind of saw one it, lie. and that's why he was charged. That's why the charges came back. And then, so at least first, law enforcement really grossly hit him with a, a nuclear weapon. And then, just as quickly, virtually, they decided to not just drop all charges, but expunge all of the charges, and simply make him forfeit his the remainder of his ten thousand dollar bond. No other really diversion program that we would think about education or counseling because there's, there's got to be something more there uh, troubling. And instead of having him go before the court and acknowledge what he did and to uh, agree to, to the dismissal of the charges, um, he was able then to go on the courthouse steps and say that he's been exonerated, that the charges were dropped, and again, be the victim and that, so what's really going on there uh, who knows i mean well did it, law it enforcement it and the, the and the mayor are now enraged because they think that uh he should have been at least apologetic and accounted for his behavior um and because of the way the charges were dropped we really probably will never know what the true story of of why he was so grossly overcharged and then why all of the charges were as quickly could they be could dropped. They two be related 
Yeah, I think overreach. Yes, I think I think it was overreach. There was some blowback to the prosecution because of the overreach, and then what they decided to do is just as quickly get rid of the whole mess as they saw it and dismiss and expunge the charges. Of course, it, the manner in which they then resolved the case doesn't get rid of any of the char- doesn't get rid of the, all the questions surrounding it. It raises yeah. more. It was it was badly done from beginning to end, all around, in my opinion. So. If you're going to go the length to the length of get, letting him off the hook and expunging, to make him pay the ten grand seems weird to me. Well, I guess it's some acknowledgement of responsibility, uh, at least monetarily. But but frankly, there should have been, and I think it would have resolved a lot of what law enforcement and the mayor believe is that there should have been a public acceptance of responsibility. And if you remember. Is to bring it full circle. This is where the craft deal at least was initially hung up. Yeah. They want him to acknowledge responsibility and that that if the case went to trial, the government would have sufficient evidence. So if they overcharge, why not just reduce the charges to some things that would stick? That that's what should have been done, frankly. And even if you reduced it to a misdemeanor and then have him do do just what we talked about with Kraft. Continue without a finding, have him acknowledge and accept responsibility go to some counseling, because I do think that there are some underlying issues here, and then dismiss it without any guilty finding, without any conviction, and expunge the charges, in essence, as a pretrial diversion program, it would have been the wiser things to do, and I think everyone would have lived with it, and we would have had some closure knowing exactly what took place. Now there's still just as many questions surrounding the whole incident, maybe even more than when they initially started. Okay. And finally, the golden banana. Right. Dancers there uh, <clears throat> suing the management, the ownership management, ownership slash management. I don't know which one you clarified that for me. It, over the practice of making them pay for the privilege to work there. And not paying the minimum wage. Now, this is the, se- this is the second suit by the dancers at the golden banana. The, the previous one was settled. There was another suit by Cabaret. It's not uncommon, like the Cabaret dance is not uncommon that the dancers at these clubs uh, feel that they are not being paid appropriately according to the minimum wage law. Now, the minimum wage law for tipped workers in Massachusetts is now $4.35 an hour, plus then they get their tips. Now, and they're saying, well, that's who we are, and we should be paid that at the minimum. Now, instead, what the dancers are claiming that these clubs oftentimes work along the lines of, you, we don't pay you an hourly wage at all. You're an independent contractor. And you pay us for the privilege. And, and exactly, that not only do we not pay you, but if you want to dance and then earn these tips and these extra benefits financially that you get from the people attending the clubs, then you will pay us 50 to $150 an hour to be able to dance that night. <sighs> and then you get to keep all the tips you make but so they don't pay minimum wage, and they're charging a fee for these folks to be able to dance there. And they're saying, well, this 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 is completely evading the state's minimum wage law, and so they're suing. Uh, and oftentimes these cases result, uh, come forward as what we call a class action. So right. some of the dancers are suing on behalf of themselves and all others similarly situated, saying this is wrong that we need to be paid minimum wage and not just going forward, but you owe us back wages well, for this as well. So this all hinges on whether or not they're 
Independent contractors? Or employees, right. Or empl- and, that's, and what would be the deciding, what were some of the factors that would fi- figure in there? We have like a minute. Yeah, well, who who directs your work, what type of work you're doing, and who controls that 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 atmosphere, whether you bring your own equipment to work or whether we're providing it. Uh, whether we dictate when you take a break or not. Supervision, exactly. So it's it's the, an independent contractor, truly the focus on the word independent. Are they truly independent? Where an employee takes direction from a boss uh-huh. significantly and that they provide the the tools of the trade. So that's the gray that's the gray area that has to be sorted out in court. Yeah, I don't think it's so gray. I think they're likely to be employees. I think they're likely to be able, have to work this through again. Likely will resolve it somehow uh, with some financial settlement. So they'll probably kind of win. Yeah, I th- I expect that they will win. They've they have been successful they're, in the past with these court? types of suits. Uh, it won't go to. I don't think it's likely to way. be tried. Right. Okay. Well, this was a great two hours. Real solid topics, and thank you for uh, the preparation you do, and I really I really appreciate everything. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.